Welcome to Liberate Your People Pleaser. You might be a people pleaser if you tend to feel guilty when you do actually have the nerve to say no, if you tend to prioritize other people's wants and needs, even at your own expense, you tend to keep your mouth shut and not rock the boat, and you feel like it's never your turn. Well, I am here to tell you that it is your turn now and you are in the right place at the right time being exactly who you are because there's nothing wrong with you. People pleasing is just a habit that we get into to cope with various things that at one time in our life were way too stressful to deal with. And so much like a class clown will learn to tell jokes, we learn to please other people. And I say we because I have been there. So I am here in this podcast every week as your guide to an inner journey of liberation. Join me for this next episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I'm super happy to have Miranda Mitchell with me today because she does a type of work, a modality is the way I'll describe it. Miranda, you can correct me or say it a different way if you want in a minute, but uh, that is very intriguing to me called human design. And I have, you know, uh, you could put my knowledge of human design in a thimble and maybe fill it up, you know, so um, lest I say anything that ends up being incorrect, I'm just going to turn it over to you, Miranda, and let you tell everyone what it is, you know, that you do, how you maybe kind of how you got to using human design and, and how a little bit about that. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm Miranda Mitchell. So I'm an energetic alignment coach and human design specialist. I really focus working with leaders, entrepreneurs, professionals in their industry so that they can energetically align so they can create more impact or sustainability Mm -hmm. and ease. So what that means is energetic alignment. Yeah. A lot of people are just learning about energetics. Uh, We've always known that the way we be in the world also brings us to things, brings us things to respond to, to live in. So a lot of it has to do with our own thoughts, the way that we act in the world, the energy that we're here to be in the world. So Mm -hmm. energetic alignment truly means really diving into your chart, which I'll go into but learning about what your true energy is before you were really conditioned by the world and what conditioning means. So that means when you are growing up, Mm -hmm. you have certain rules, certain families, certain beliefs, you are conditioned in those beliefs. Then you move away from your family, you make friends, you have experiences, you make beliefs about those experiences, about other people and about yourself. So conditioning really is we're being conditioned the minute that we are born. Mm -hmm. So what human design does is it gives you a blueprint by your birth date, birth time and birth year. It prints out this blueprint of colors and Mm -hmm. white. So really what it shows you is at the time of your birth, this is where you have consistent energy which are looked at as themes in your life. So if you go into your chart, you can learn about what your life lesson is, what you're here to learn about in the 
early years, what you're here to learn about in the later years, a lot about what you're here to talk about, to share. So it mm -hmm. even goes into like being of service. Okay. So those are all the areas that are colored in, but then you also have the white areas. And those areas are places where we don't have consistent energy. So those are places that we like to call variable. You get to experience lots of ways in those areas, and then you choose the way that you be. So those are the areas that we tend to be conditioned in because okay. we don't have consistency. Oh, okay. Because the things where we have consistency, um, my, I, the words I'll use is that it just, it's more natural to, or for us to be that way. And so we're less susceptible to whatever conditioning. So I'm thinking of, you know, the little girl who's just like, you know, no, I'm going to go play in the garden and not, you know, whatever, try on dresses or whatever, because playing in the garden is so her thing that even if she has friends or family members who want her to do something different, she would be more prone to stick with the gardening because it's so it's so solid in her, anchored in her, clear in her. Is that, am yes. I? Kind of, because okay. where there is coloring as well, we can definitely be conditioned. It's just not as easy. Yes. Um, okay. Because we can be conditioned of, oh, if my parents want me to go do this, but I would rather do gardening, but I don't want to let my parents down. Sure. Sure. So I'm going to go do this. Okay. Right? So, okay. so what's happening is that little girl is stepping away from her authenticity right there. Yes. Which is why, and that happens so much and so subtly and not so many times, you know, it's not because our parents had any ill intentions or something. They're just being dumb, right? And and God knows they've been conditioned as well. And our culture, whether it's a religious culture or, uh, you know, origin culture, you know, the places we live in, the culture of the U.S. versus, you know, Australia versus, you know, somewhere, you know, in India or whatever, our cultures so condition us in such different ways that we could have, are there people that have, does everybody have a unique human design? Is it like a thumbprint or is it more like astrology where we kind of have, you know, if somebody else is born at the same day, same time I am, we're going to have the same chart. I well, mean, we don't you call can... it a chart, I don't think, but maybe yeah, we call it a chart, yeah. body okay. graph chart. Yeah, I call yeah. it the chart. Um, like if you're a twin and you're born yeah. the same place or same time, same um, exact place, time, and birth date, you can have the same chart. You can. Okay. However, the way that you experience the chart because of experiences, right, and life actually yes. affect that yes yes I, my sisters and i were just in a chat thread a week or so ago talking about how different each of us experienced our parents divorce and the dysfunction of each of our parents and it, that's always so fascinating to me because it's almost like wow how did these two women have the same parents i did and what they came out of it with is so different um, and so that's always just fascinating to me, but so let's, let's get into this. So I had, so everybody in the show notes, you're going to definitely want to hit those show notes today. We have a link. Miranda, um, does offers a free, um, I guess we'd call that a chart, not a reading. Right. I offer, um, 
a free chart. So I yeah. run your chart for you to make sure it's accurate because you wouldn't believe how many people do not put the accurate birth time in uh, yeah. because it goes by the 24 hours and all that kind of stuff too, plus time zones. And sometimes it's yeah. tricky. Um, so I run we your don't chart. No, sometimes we don't really know what time we were born. I mean, I, you know, it took me a long time to find something. I guess I eventually found my baby book or something. Um, you know, where if my mother wrote it incorrectly, then, you know, it's right. Um, so that's what I go with. But it took me, a, a, you know, until I was probably in my 40s before I got my hands on that and actually knew what time I was born. But anyway, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, that's a great point, because that is important. So if you don't know what time you're born, ask someone, maybe that was around at the time, if they knew, like, do you know if it was morning between eight and 10? Because what, I could do is I could run the chart every 15 minutes to see, mm. okay, does it change a lot? But the closer time frame, the better. Yeah. And knowing the actual birth time is the most beneficial. Ideal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I did mine and had, you know, and you have my chart. And I was very surprised. Uh, maybe you want to describe what some of these um, types are before we talk about what mine is. Okay. So there are five types. Uh, in the human design. So if you think of each type has a, a specific way of being in their energy that they thrive. So once I go through each one of the types, you will be able to notice how each one of the types is actually here to support one another. So that means we all have a role that we really are best at mm -hmm. and that we're all here to support one another, not be successful on our own, while the others struggle. So what happens when you learn the different types, even in businesses, if you learn the different types, you're able to help people step into the role that they're really designed for, that they're going to thrive in. So the two most um, popular, I guess I'll say, I don't really mean popular, but I mean, common. The most common. There you go. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> um, the two most common are the generator and the manifesting generator. So these are two types. There's a little bit of a difference. Okay. But we, I'm a manifesting generator. We make up 70% of the population. Mm -hmm. So 70% of us are here to work, to build, to create things on the physical form, be creative. And as a generator type, we have to love our job. We have mm -hmm. to love what we're doing. We have to be inspired. And if we do, then we will do it forever mm. because it fills us up. Now, if you don't love your job, it can drain you, make you depressed, really sick. So mm. as a generator type, it's very important to like your job because really that is what you're here to do. You're here mm -hmm. to work. You're here to be of service. You're here to help people. Okay. So what I'm going to explain about strategy is all about how you met, make the decisions in your life that are best aligned for you. So most of us make decisions in a way of scarcity, making things happen, being fearful that we're not going to be seen and heard, or someone's going to take our idea. Like we have to hurry up and just do it. Right. Mm -hmm. so especially as an entrepreneur. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. But as a generator type, we're really here to have that inspiration, have that idea, and then wait, 
sit back and wait and wait for things in the external world to show up to us. So I know, I know if you all think you're a generator type or any type, really, I know that there's been times in your life that things have just shown up to you and you notice it and you say, yes, and it falls into place and it's yeah. easy, yeah. right? That's waiting to respond. When things show up to you, you respond to them and it's easy. Now, what happens is when we get an idea and we think that we need to initiate and do this, we push, 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 push to get ourselves out there. There's struggle. There's like fear. There's all of this restriction and it's hard. Yeah. So if you want to create ease and sustainability in your life, it's all about learning to respond. And it's hard because we're so conditioned in making things happen. So, yes. So I would have thought. If I was listening to that, that I am a manifester because (laughs) I have spent my whole life making things happen, you know, and getting things done and being a hard worker and being a big doer. Now, you know, our audience here is our people pleasers, as I have been, you know, one my entire life. And so it's particularly challenging, I think, for people pleasers, because I think that we are especially prone, maybe would be a way to say it, to those influ- external influences of culture and conditioning um, to become that, to be the person. Like I spent my whole 20s and half of my 30s just thinking, what does the church want me to be? What does, who does my husband want me to be? What is being a good, like these, like there's a blueprint for these roles and that are important to me. And so what does that mean? I'm supposed to, you know, do who I'm supposed to be and then doing those things, the way I interpreted the answers to those questions, you know, and so as, and of course the people listening to this podcast are looking to change that, right. To get out of that habit of people pleasing, which is how I think of people pleasing as a habit that we got into to prioritize what other people need ahead of what we need. And so we end up kind of getting way down at the bottom of our own list. Right. And so that does, I think also make it extra easy to, to be influenced and conform to those external influences. But I think everyone whether they consider themselves a people pleaser or not, ends up conforming. I mean, it's just part of culture. It's, you know, all cultures, all everywhere, you know, good or bad, we we end up conforming in some way or another. But I, so I can hear what you're saying and go, okay, I get how I was raised. And because of some traumas and difficulties in my life, my response to that was very much a, pull myself up from my bootstraps and just solve the problem of what needs to be done. And I'm the only one that's going to be there to help me. So I've got to do it. I just, you know, whatever, that was my circumstance, you know, in, in a number of areas of my life across a lot of years. So I was so surprised (laughs) when I had my chart done that I came back as a projector Mm-hmm. And so tell everybody what that is. And yeah, so the, um, the projectors make up 20% of society. 
they are actually the overseers, the orchestrators. They're the managerial, if you think of it. So if you think generator types are workers, they love to work, they love to get physical, they love to get their hands dirty, they love to constantly be of service. The projectors are actually the people that see the bigger vision and are here to guide us to do the work. So mm -hmm. really what that means is um, you see your uh, you see other people's energies and the mm -hmm. potential in the planet, other people more than you see it in yourself. And the reason that is, is when you look at your chart, you'll notice there's lots of white areas. So that means you are taking in other people's energy in those areas. So of course, you can know other people's energy. It's all you're feeling. You right. don't know your energy, right? Right. The thing is, is as a non-sacral being, which mm -hmm. manifesting generators and generators are sacral, that means we have work and life force energy. You are non-sacral, which is the reflectors, the projectors, the manifestors are non-sacral. So what that does mean is you definitely can take in our work energy. And when you take it in, it amplifies. So you can be superhuman. You can be doing all the things. The thing is though, you can't be doing it consistently because you're going to end up burning yourself out yeah. and getting sick and burnout and yeah. crashing. And when I hear you say everything you just said about me, even though we don't know each other, okay, we spent a few minutes on the phone before we recorded this episode, but we do not know each other. And I led into that by saying, I see myself as the manifester that you just described before. Yet when you describe the projector, I know that that is a hundred percent me. That's a hundred percent me, the vision, the being able to see, that's why I'm a good coach. That's why I've always been a good leader in all the other jobs that I've had, you know, and things like, because I can see that I can see the potential people have, I can see their energy, what's unexpressed in them, what's, you know, and then how to draw that out of them. And so all of that makes perfect sense. The place where it catches me off guard is, and I don't think you said this part yet. So, and I probably interrupted you anyway, but the part of it where I'm supposed to be waiting for people to reach out to me. That's so anti-entrepreneurial. I can mm -hmm. hardly stand it. Um, but you're right about the burnout thing. You're, you're totally right about everything you've said for my type, because I pushed myself so hard, especially when I was working in real estate, it's a, you know, had very demanding roles, leadership roles. I mean, to work 50, to work 50 hours a week, plus phone calls, night and weekends was just so normal to me. And I ran on that and I thought I was fine, you know, like whatever. I just did that because that's what I did. And then when I quit it, I didn't mean for it to be this way, but I went about seven months without having a real job. Like I was finishing my coach training and kind of starting my practice and I'd left her, like my life was just in an uproar. So it wasn't a particularly fun time, but I, the pattern of showing up at the office and sitting at my desk for 40 or 50 hours a week ended, you know, and I was living near the beach. So I'm walking on the beach a lot and I felt my body start to unwind and relax in ways that I didn't even know, you know, and after a couple of weeks, I'm like, Oh, wow, this is the ultimate. I'm so relaxed. And then a month later, 
I realized, wait a minute, I'm even more relaxed. And then, you know, four months later, it's like, oh my gosh, like there's even more, you know? (laughs) And I just kept unwinding. And ever since then, even though that was about seven years ago, and I went back to the real estate industry for a while, but not quite in the same way because, and now I just, I have no desire to run at that pace anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the whole waiting for, tell me more about that. Cause maybe there's something about that too, that I don't, that I'm interpreting in a weird way, but tell me more about what that means. So even for the manifesting generator and generator, we also have to wait to yeah. respond. Waiting for an invitation for you is more of a waiting as well while you're doing self-care. So think of this. You have so many areas in your chart that is open that you're taking in other people's energy and amplifying it. So you have all this energy inside of you, right? So every night it's important to like release that energy so that you sleep well. Yeah. Um, If you if you do not have self-care practices, like you had mentioned by the beach and all of that. Yes. yes. So for you, it's very important as a projector to make self-care a priority, to make sure that you listen to your body. Oh, you know what? I'm really tired. Oh, I'm pushing too much. I really don't want to be doing this. I'm forcing things. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, I'm exhausted. I'm not eating right. Right. So it's very important for you to embody yourself and take care of your body because you are so aware of other people's energy. So it's kind of like, okay, hone in on yourself. And then what happens is then you start to get invitations. So you have to be rested. You have to be taking care of yourself. And then those invitations like, oh, I'd like to offer you a podcast or I'd like to see if you could work here. So those are the invitations. And I always say, like, I have projector clients that it's scary. It's like, that is not the way I'm conditioned. I have to make myself seen and heard. I can't yeah. sit back here and just wait for things to happen. That's right. <laughs> I have programs to sell, damn it. <laughs> but I will say when they box me and they say, nothing's coming and I'm getting a little stressed out here. And I'm like, well, how is your self-care? Right. And they're like, you know what? I haven't been doing this. So I'm going to go take a nap because I feel really tired. They take an app, they come back and I'm not joking. They come back and say, guess what? I got an email when I was sleeping. So yeah. what it is, is for you, and this may even go into people, people pleasing. It's just reconnecting here. Yeah. For you, it's really looking within, taking care of you, your body, finding out your lessons, what you are here, not worrying about what other people are, but that's what right. you used to because you take it all in. So you have to think about you. Yes, yes, yes. And I think in a way for me, becoming a coach helped me do that in a funny way, because of course it didn't have to be this way, but for me as a coach, I was very attuned to the fact that I did not, that I wanted to take care of myself and my own issues, my own stuff, because we all have issues and stuff, right? so that I didn't risk projecting that onto my clients. Okay. So that, because that's a super common thing for any therapist, any, anybody in a helping profession coaches, you know, like if we're not really taking care of ourselves and staying in tune with whatever I have going on, let's say I'm stuck in scarcity or something. 
I'm going to think all my clients are stuck and scared. Like, it's just so easy to, that's what I mean, folks, by projecting, if you're not familiar with that term is, you know, you tell me a story about, you know, you can't seem to get a date or something. It's not about money, but because I'm stuck in my own scarcity of around money, let's say I interpret your issues about dating as scarcity. Now that could be the case. Scarcity runs in all aspects of our lives, but if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm much more likely to project that than be able to necessarily see the truth of what's going on for my clients. So as I became a coach, cause I'd been in therapy a lot and I knew all that, that was really important to me. So I really made myself make those distinctions of no, this is me that those sort of boundaries, which is is so hard for people pleasers. Um, But I didn't become a coach until I was well into my people pleasing journey. So uh, I didn't do this on day one, but those boundaries of where I stop and someone else starts. Well, as a projector too, if you are not in alignment Uh and taking your self care and doing the work yourself, you do project. That's what you yeah. do. Your energy projects. Yeah. So you were aware of that before you were aware of that. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. So interesting. So let's go back to the 70% that are the manifestors or the generators. It's um, it's actually generators and manifesting generators. There's still oh. two more types. Okay. Do you want to tell us about those then? Sure. Yeah. The manifestor is the type we all want to be. Yeah. <laughs> the man, the manifester, or all the type that we think we are. It's the one that gets to get the idea and initiate the process right away and not have to wait to respond. So the manifestors actually, so if you mention, if you notice, I did mention, okay, so we do the work on the physical realm, the generator types. The projectors oversee the energies of other people and humanity. The um, manifestors receive the downloads and initiate their big ideas. So they receive information, they get those ideas and then they initiate it. Okay. okay. They make up only 9%. Oh, of interesting. Yes. And I will also say manifestors are great. They get to have these beautiful ideas and initiate the process, but they don't have the energy to fulfill it. So who do they come to for support? They need support. They remind me of a sprinter. They receive this beautiful uh-huh. download, this information, they sprint, and then they're like, oh my gosh, I need to take a nap. I'm exhausted. Yeah. So they need us to help yes. support them, to help make it happen. So they get yes. to initiate, but they don't get to like, a lot of them don't follow through and they don't work well with others. They're the initiators. Interesting. Yeah. And we all know people like that where that, you know, they're great with ideas and they might be able to kick it off, but they can't really get it into the world. Right. So we all, and that yeah. goes back to where I said, we all need to support one another. Yeah. Physical work, the projectors oversee the, the manifestors have the beautiful ideas. And then the reflectors actually make up 1%. They are the rarest. Uh, what that really means is every single center. So if you look at your chart, every single center in the chart is white. So that means every single center they are taking in other people's energy. So for them, they're kind of like the mirror. You know, if their environment is not happy and thriving, they will not be happy and thriving because they're taking in all that energy. So they're the ones that show us 
Is our environment happy? Are we happy? Is this relationship happy? And I will say almost everyone that I know as a reflector needs to be out away from people and in nature a lot to clear all that energy. Yeah. So I notice on my chart, just hearing you say that, uh, so my colored in spots are down like, so the image folks on the chart sort of looks like a a person sitting uh, crisscross, you know, with their legs crossed. Um, And so it kind of looks like the chakras, if you know what chakras look like. I mean, it's not, but it it, It runs up. Is it? Okay. So my, I'm colored in down there on my root chakra Mm -hmm. and then my second, I guess, even though those are over on the side or it's only, what does that mean? What are the things over on those triangles on the side? So you're looking at the shapes, which are all, uh, this is based on the Hindu chakra system. There are seven chakras, but there's nine centers. The reason that is, is in 1781, the chakra split. So the heart chakra is actually the G center and the well center, which you have the G center in the center there. It's white with the yellow outline. And then the well center is the little pink one. So that represents love, direction, identity, ego, I am. Um, The other chakra that split was the solar plexus. So um, Mm. if you look to the left, you Mm -hmm. have that colored in, that is the spleen. And then to the right, that's the emotional solar plexus. So that was originally the solar plexus and the chakra system. So the difference there is the spleen is all about instinct, intuition, fight or flight fears, instinctual living, living based out of fear and survival. The Uh right side is emotional solar plexus, creativity, love, consciousness. So we're actually moving away from fear and moving to live more into consciousness with the emotional solar plexus. That mutation is supposed to happen by 2027 and you can already see it shifting. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, for everyone that's listening again, go to the show notes because the link to get your own chart. And then what I love about what you do with this, Miranda, is not only will you get the chart, which you'll look at and maybe go, uh, I'm not really sure what all that means. Like I see a lot of things. There's like getting your birth chart, right. In astrology is like, okay, but I don't know what that means. Um, but she includes videos. So to kind of tell you about your type and the strengths and the, you know, different things so that it will make more sense to you. So I encourage everybody to go to the show notes and click on that link and, and get your chart and follow Miranda, of course. And so Miranda, let's talk about people you've worked with, you know, just sort of generally, it doesn't have to be a specific person that you're going to out here, but um, tell me the kinds of results or shifts and experiences that people who work with you, because of course, just getting the free chart is the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. For people who really want to pursue this, there'd be a full reading and, you know, coaching with you. So what are the kinds of results that people get from that for the person listening going, oh yeah, uh-huh, interesting. And, you know, really, what does it matter? Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on, you know, where they have conditioning too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some of my clients, I work with like projectors. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it, we really focus on slowing down. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that since they've been slowing down and working with me, their businesses have grown significantly mm-hmm. and they are working less. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they're making more and working less. 
-hmm. they're also enjoying nature and doing all the things. Um, also there's been, even within my personal story, um, working in collaboration when you're able to work with people and understand their chart and help them thrive. Um, we each get to step into our own genius and yeah. not expect the other person to be like us because yes. what if you have a projector and then a manifester we're so different right yeah so um like connection cooperation collaborations have happened also um as far as knowing who you are letting go of old conditioning old beliefs um and also the thing that i love most is doing the conditioning and stuff and releasing all of the stuff that you think you are right <laughs> and then boldly stepping into who you truly are so the mm -hmm. impact is the the thing that i love to focus on with people mm -hmm. because you know, i feel like we all want to be of service in some way we all right. feel good when we help someone love themselves we all feel good when we have someone say oh my gosh that reading that you just did i'm crying i can't no one's seen me like that before you know yes. it's all about loving connecting together yeah. Yes. So for me, once that happens and you know yourself, you right. yourself, you then can impact more people's lives and you yes. get to be, do it confidently in a loving way. So yes. um, I'm really here to create. Yeah. Impact people's I lives. love that because it is so powerful. And folks, I'm just going to apologize if all of you are hearing all of this crazy background noise I have on this fabulous Friday that we're recording it. The loudest dog is barking. The trucks are backing up and going beep, beep, beep. Like to me, it's awful. I hope it's not quite as loud for all of you, but thank you for tolerating the background noise today. Um, but I think that that is so true because there's nothing more powerful or empowering than when we really discover, if it, if it requires a discovery, and live in alignment with our authentic self. So not the conditioned self. I have an episode, I don't know how many ago it was from this, maybe two months ago or something. Um, but if anybody wants to go back and find it in the episode list, it's called um, something like conditioned or authentic, you know, very clever title. I'm very clever with titles. Um, because I, because in that episode, I just discussed the same thing, how it's so easy to think Oh, I'm being authentic when I'm out there doing, do, I mean, 10 years ago, uh, yeah, 10, 15 for sure. I would have said all this doing, 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 doing that I'm doing is my, it's authentic. It's me. It's who I am. Mm -hmm. And while I don't mean any judgment towards myself or others, I would love for everybody to open up to the idea that even who you may think you are authentically may in fact be who you are conditioned to be. And you've just been doing it for so long. It feels authentic. hundred percent. But when you work with somebody like Miranda, and I have this happen often a lot with clients as well, or other, you know, just any modality that works for you that opens you in some way. So, because I think it starts with opening to the possibility that who I think I am and what I think I, you know, quote unquote, should be doing may not be it. And again, without judgment, no judgment, that doesn't help. 
right? There's no, there's no judgment in all any of it, but to say, huh, what if, what if, and just kind of give yourself permission to say, what if, you know, what if I was born in a different country? Would I be thinking these things? Would I be doing these things? Would I be expressing this authentic me in the same way? If I was born in a different time, if I had amnesia and knew nothing about my family and my life up to this point, whatever, and I started fresh today, Hmm. what might that person want to do and how would she engage in the world? Like it, I think it starts with that kind of, however you want to think about it, play with it, you know, in your own mind to just create that opening that says, you know, I'm willing to explore, even though I promise you it rubbed me the wrong way initially, (laughs) that I need to be waiting for these invitations. And of course, I can give you examples of times that was true, right? Perfect, quick example. I love being a guest on other people's podcasts. And so I really, you know, several months ago, I'm like, I really want to do this and do, you know, a focused effort, have my strategy, you know? So I hired this person who researched different podcasts that would be, you know, kind of in, uh, in alignment with the kind of work I do and whatever to do some of that research homework. Cause I hate that. Don't, I don't want to research anything. Okay. And so she gives me these, but now I still have to do the pitches and do the, and, and, I mean, it's still like pulling teeth for me. Like I was just like, oh, but I was making, my goal was three a week. So I do that for about three weeks. Maybe one got one response. And anyway, meanwhile, I have a couple other things that puts me in the universe of podcasters, but I'm kind of just playing around in there. (laughs) Miranda's like, yeah, I can be like that. I know what's going to happen. And in like two days with no effort at all, because by now I've ditched the other thing because I'm so tired of it and I can't stand it. I get like three or four invitations to be on people's podcasts. And to me, I did nothing for it. I mean, I was showing up in an environment, but I mean, it was no work, you know, for me. And that's, and perfect. So that's, that's your the strategy. perfect example right there of how, right. you know, and, and what I think is challenging, especially for entrepreneurs, but this, this goes no matter what your profession is, I'm sure there is a similar dynamic to this. The wisdom of crowds for entrepreneurs is we need to be going and getting it, right? I got to go. If I want to be a guest on people's show, I got to pitch. I got, I mean, that's how you do that, you know? And, and so to go against that, sort of norm can be frightening because even people, you know, whatever in the mastermind you're in or people, family members or whoever who may know any part of your business would be like, don't do that. (laughs) That's dumb. You know, they're not going to just come to you or whatever. So I think that the courage to act in ways that really feel in alignment versus that conditioned or wisdom of crowds is um, to me, what I think your work probably helps people get to. Is that a, you know, to be able to trust that, is that a fair? Yeah. And the first step really is, okay. So we're all conditioned. We are. Mm -hmm. So the first step is getting your chart. And just Mm -hmm. like you, you're like, I'm, I don't think I'm that, that doesn't feel like me because of your condition. So the first thing is look at the chart and say, 
That's interesting. Like I'm living way out of alignment here. I'm pushing, mm-hmm. pushing, doing, doing, doing. If I want ease, if mm-hmm. I want to live my life, be of service, do whatever it is I want to do for my work, then I follow my strategy. And although it's scary, and I will say too, even when you start following your strategy and you're relaxing all the time and you're waiting for things to respond to, it's like, am I doing enough? I don't think yeah. I'm doing enough because it's like all this thing. But then you have more connections, more collaborations, more people reaching out to you. And it's easy because it's coming to you and it feels like you're not working, yeah. but you've done so much. Yeah, That's yeah. where the ease comes in. That's when you are in alignment, Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, yeah. Love that. There's no better way to end the episode. So thank you, Miranda, for sharing all your wisdom. Everybody go get your chart and then reach out, you know, follow Miranda, get a reading. Uh, I, I just, I love the work that you're doing. And I think that it has so much to offer us in a world where we have been so conditioned that we sometimes don't even realize you know, how conditioned we are. So thank you so much for being my guest and everybody hit those show notes. Miranda, do you want to just call, shout out where you, who you are on Instagram, what your handle is and website so people can hear it also? Sure. Sure. My website is Miranda-Mitchell.com and on Instagram and Facebook, it's uh, Miranda J. Mitchell. Um, I also wanted to just put a little plug in yes. there. Um, I have partnered up with someone and we have created a human design certification for leaders and coaches to bring into their containers so that you can use this with your clients. And the reason that is, is because there's only two of us and we feel like everyone needs to know about this. So if we can help coaches and leaders get it into their containers, then we are in fact creating more impact. So I just want to. Yeah. Oh, no, that's great. I'm glad you mentioned it because I know I also have a number of coaches and other people in healing, helping professions that are, you know, listeners on the podcast. So that's super great to know. Thank you for that. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Here's my invitation to you. Keep loving yourself enough to stay on this inner journey of liberation. And the good news is you don't have to do it alone. None of us do. So I hope you will continue to connect with me. I would love to have you post a five-star review on whatever podcast outlet you listen to the episode on today. New episodes come out every week. You can find me on Instagram at Brenda Florida Coach, on Clubhouse as B Florida. You can click the link in the show notes for my free resources and other information. And last but not least, you can book a connection call with me and we can explore whether or not now might be the right time and whether or not I am the right coach for you to help you on your journey of liberation. I can't wait to connect with you. Oh, 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 oh,